Welcome to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and I have a fantastic guest here today, and I think you're going to enjoy her just as much as I have already had the time to talk with her. So um, she is... She's been on the NFL Network, and she is a uh, just an incredible person when it comes to sports and her story. I can't wait for her to tell you about it. But she's also interested in the world of investing in real estate, which is a wonderful thing. And I think a lot of our viewers out there love real estate. We've we've worked with a lot of you out there that uh, just have questions and you know they need answers, and we want to make it as uh, much of a love affair as we can. But at the same time, we want to make us you know very sane and not go insane over the whole prospect of uh, being you know real estate owners. So. Without further ado, we're going to invite Erin Coscarelli here to the show. And again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Elizabeth. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm ex I think I'm more excited to talk to you than oh. the other way around. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that you're here. So you can tell me compliments like that all day long if for you sure. like. You got it. So, so tell me a little bit about your story. Tell me a little bit about uh, kind of your background, things that you've done, what you're, you know, where you're kind of coming to at this point. And, well, I just recently got married um, about a year ago. We were just talking off camera about our honeymoon adventures. Um, but before all of that, I was um, always interested in sports, hence why obviously I got into sports broadcasting, and I always had a love for people. And mm -hmm. it really doesn't even matter if you were an athlete. I just always loved hearing people's stories and the adversities sure. that they would go through and various things and challenges in some way, so somehow sort of feeling like I could relate to somebody and mm -hmm. like where's my ability to connect with them. So I always loved the sports background, of, especially as someone who was an athlete growing up, mm -hmm. and then went to USC, studied uh, broadcast journalism, and then um, hired at a younger age to cover the World Series of Poker, mm -hmm. which was in Vegas. It was my first job um, out of college. Oh, wow. And it was a wild, it was a wild ride, and uh -huh. it just made me, it made me, it confirmed that this is the business that I really enjoyed because it allowed an opportunity to meet really smart, fun, cool, different, unique, interesting individuals. And I've been doing the sports broadcasting thing for the last, you know, 10, 15 years now. That's so great. yeah, That's great. very enjoyable and very fulfilling. It has its moments, but okay. any job does. So okay. yeah, well, you know, talking about the NFL or sports in general, I mean. This has been a very male-dominated industry, mm -hmm. kind of like where I come from, right? right? So, so how have you felt going through that process and kind of making your own name? You know, it's 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 getting better, right? It, in the beginning, you, you you sort of feel like you have a chip on your shoulder, and I think sometimes I still struggle with that, where I'm like, are you treating me like a woman who covers sports, or are you treating me like just anybody who mm -hmm. has a passion for sports right. and a respect? And, and, a respect. Mm -hmm. and because I didn't put the pads on, I didn't play <laughs> football, I wasn't a professional football player. Um, sometimes I think, and and I think it's a little bit of my own mind as well that. I'm perceived differently. But with that being said, I've been given a great opportunity and part of being, you know, involved in, a, in an atmosphere that is more male dominated, mm -hmm. you have to show up a little bit more over prepared than you would your male counterparts. Mm -hmm. And you know, if anything, that just drives me, I, I embrace the challenge and it just drives me to succeed even further knowing that, yeah, sure, I'm a woman in a male dominated field or a more of a male dominated field and I'll embrace the challenge and accept the challenge and um, enjoy the ride because it's a fun job and it has its ups and downs, but um, being able to meet cool and interesting people mm -hmm. and um, and learn from them sure. it's just to me it's it makes the job worth every every ounce every ounce of stress or frustration I get from it. Has there been a favorite interview that you've had over the years? Oh 
that you can kind of like call back to and say, hey. My mom's a huge Joe Namath fan, oh, okay. so I don't know if we're Joe Namath fans in here, but mm -hmm. um, he's just wildly charming, hasn't changed at all in his age. And, uh, it, you know, to me, the bigger thing is almost coming home to my parents and telling them, hey, I met, and then my parents <laughs> thinking maybe it's kind of cool, or maybe sometimes they don't even care, but um, I still embrace the fact that I try to make my parents proud every single day. Now, what are the next ventures for you? What are you trying to accomplish now? I know you have another podcast and things of that nature as well. So. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm kind of dipping my toes in the podcast world, which uh -huh. is fun and, again, allows you to have the freedom to meet people and hear mm -hmm. their stories and kind of um, learn about different things. I love, I love the podcast space, and I love actually you know, what you're doing too because I think we can all figure out ways to change the game mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in various degrees of uh, you know, finances or self you know, motivation or just personal development. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I've been doing the podcast thing and then obviously, um, as we were talking about it off camera, some real estate endeavors, which sure. has been f fairly great. fun. It's, we're currently, we just bought a fixer and then mm -hmm. we're renovating it. Okay. So I'm really putting on my Joanna Gaines hat <laughs> and uh, my husband's wearing his Chip Gaines hat and uh, we're just trying to, That's you know, great. renovate a house. It's, it's fun, but has its moments too. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your real estate investing that you have such a passion for, and I think this is kind of a little bit to do with your husband. Totally. I have to give him credit as uh, much as, it, as, as I like to try to take it from him. It was really his idea that when we first met, um, I had just come from San Francisco. I met him about a month from moving down. I used to cover the Niners up in the Bay Area. Okay. If we know what San Francisco real estate is like, mm -hmm. it's expensive. And my uh, rent was more than my mortgage on my house that I ended up purchasing down the road later. And I just remember thinking, gosh, I'm never, I don't want to spend a single penny in rent again. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I met my husband, he really planted the seed in like, hey, look, you make a decent salary. Mm -hmm. At your job save that money don't live in your like nice apartment condo that you wanted to live right by the Beverly Center why don't you live with your parents for a year um, I think I was 30 okay. and I, I'm like really the idea of moving back home with my parents you're nuts not uh -huh. happening uh -huh. and they and I just don't know why I didn't even think about that in the first place because my parents are local in LA my mm -hmm. job my new job was was local in Los Angeles but anyway so he he planted that seed I moved in with them mm -hmm. lived with them for about a year saved up a sizable chunk and really put that into the down payment of a, a, a income property I bought a duplex and then I I made an interesting decision, again, pushed by my now husband, to live in the smaller unit. Okay. So it was a, it was a two-unit duplex. Mm -hmm. There was a more master, which was a 3-2, mm -hmm. and then a 1-1. One, one. Sure. And I'm like, all right, I'll, even though I'm considered the owner, in my head I'm thinking I'm the owner, I should live in the master yes. unit. Mm -hmm. I chose to live in the, in the back, again, mm -hmm. pushed by my husband. So then what happened was the, my tenant who lived in the master unit paid my mortgage for me. So again, it was like living with my parents where uh -huh. I was saving and, and living for free right. and having Very somebody. Different mentality. Different mentality needed mm -hmm. to sacrifice. It mm -hmm. certainly wasn't glamorous. It was mm -hmm. a tiny little back you know, house. It was one bedroom, one bath. And uh, did that for about a year and a half and got obviously way too, it was not big enough for me. And my husband was living with me at the, at the time too. So we were like, okay, let's buy another place. Mm -hmm. And so I- I can stop you for a second because yeah. I kind of want to go back to what's sure. all the rage right now. For people that own their home, it's about doing something called an ADU. Yeah. And these ADUs are where the people are actually, you know, 
you know, in the smaller little granny flat, if you will, and then they're renting out their big house to be able to pay for oh, everything. Oh, I didn't even and think it's, that. And it's, it's, it's pretty much a big craze, especially it's happening in Southern California. I guess there's been certain laws and things yeah. of that nature that have come to be available for people to do this, but yeah. they had a big lot. They're going to build a smaller one in the back to make it cute, but they're going to rent out the main one and they're going to positive cash flow to increase their rent, you know, their income in retirement. Bingo. So, so yeah, smart. it's kind of like what you were doing. So, so your husband was ahead of the game. Yeah. And, and it was really, I was looking, that was kind of what I was looking for. I, I was envisioning living in the bigger unit but he was like why you you were living with your parents you didn't even have a place to live just sacrifice for a year or two years and so that's what I did and I saved up again rolled it over into a new investment property that had two units I lived in the they were virtually the same so I lived on the, the, the higher floor and again zero payments. I was making enough money where I had no more, like I would, I didn't have any, you know, what is it called when you have to like pay your mortgage? I'm sure you have like a way well, cooler way to say it. Payment and then basically what you're getting is positive cash flow so that you don't have to pay your mortgage. Right. There you go. Okay. Um, and so I did that again for another two years or a year and a half or so and then rolled that was because again it was I had an ability to save um, via all my tenants that were paying my mortgage for me basically and then just bought another single family so this is a single family this is a uh, like a home renovation we're doing a 10-year interest only so we want to keep as much capital as possible um, put it in the home and then when the market goes back up again maybe sell or refinance yeah so do you both own a home that you live in together? So this third property was... It's going to be that? We, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So, so we, you're kind of doing a joint venture. Joint venture. Um, again, he was the inspiration okay. for the first two, but he was not involved investment-wise. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing the, the single the single family joint venture, mm -hmm. and it's been fine. It's... Yeah. It's, I'm, I get stressed and, and anxiety-ridden about just any process that's different from sure. what I'm normally doing. Sure. Um, but it's been pretty okay. Well, yeah. it can be distracting, but at yeah. the other time, if it depends on your relationship with money. That's really what the focus of this show is, yeah. ways to love your money. It's a respect for money. But uh, again, you have a spouse now. Yeah. Do you see eye to eye on your finance? We totally do, which is amazing yeah. because I think I'm more thrifty than my husband and okay. he is really thrifty and I don't mean thrifty by um, we are we just really embrace the word save we really do and and, and like uh, there's ways in which I splurge I remember I watched a Susie Orman interview she was on Oprah a long time ago and it really resonated with me and I was young I must have been like 16 and she said do not there are two categories want and need and unless you need it, you don't need to make the purchase. And it's true, and it's still to this day, I'll splurge, I'll buy, I'll buy a pair of shoes, or I have a nice car. But really, when it comes to like day-to-day -day things, I figure out ways to save, because I don't need to live an excessive mm -hmm. lifestyle. I'd rather figure out ways to strategically maximize the money that I make, mm -hmm. or my passive income, mm -hmm. and then breathe a little bit easier when I'm older. Because right now is the time I feel like I should be sacrificing, making those smart decisions in mm -hmm. my portfolio, mm -hmm. whether it's diversifying it in the portfolio, in the uh, stocks, you know, which we have a, a certain amount in, in the world of stocks, um, or buying another property, or just figuring out ways to strategically up my game in the world of finance. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it kind of comes to another place too. It's, you know, you have to have professional 
you know, help in everything that you choose to do. Now you're becoming both experts in your, in your real estate and you're loving it, but then it's then going to the tax professional to say, what are we doing to maximize things? Mm -hmm. You know, going to your, you know, financial advisor. I know you're not my, you know, I'm not your financial advisor, but, you know, getting that great education to make sure that you are well-rounded. Mm -hmm. But then it's looking at every financial decision. So sometimes when I talk to couples, they sometimes have a different point of view. So it's great to hear that you and your husband have a very similar point of view and that you're very frugal because you came from, you know, an environment really in, in, your, yes, in your media right. world where it's very excessive, the opposite. very explosive, yes. you know, and, and now you're kind of in this place where it's fairly conservative, Yeah, which is, which is kind of interesting because usually when I have people that are coming from those types of areas, it's not so conservative. Sure, sure. And, and that was what actually, it's funny that you say that because I was really motivated by how expensive San Francisco was. Sure. I was paying rent on my car. Uh -huh. Like my extremely expensive one bedroom apartment didn't even allow me to park my car there for free. I had to pay an extra 200. Mind you, I had a really expensive car because I, you know, I had this lease for three years. I found out I, got, I was getting this job. I had to move. I just so happened, you know, that's my one splurge. I like a nice vehicle. I mean, I live in LA. That's my, you know, whatever. So I had a car. I never drove it. And I, could, I had to pay the rent, I had to pay the insurance, and I had to pay the payment on the car. So it was just sitting there collecting dust, and it bothered me so much to, to waste some hardworking, you know, opportunity that I did. So that really inspired me when I came yeah. back. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm not letting myself get my, get myself into that situation sure. again. That's something what we call lost opportunity cost. There you Could go. you put that money into something else that would have actually had a higher return? Yes. And how many years do people do this? It's really a rotation. They buy their cars year after year, buy another car year after year after right. year, and they basically put in their budget that they're going to have a four to six to seven hundred dollar payment every mm -hmm. every month every year, and maybe they're not using their car. You know, San Francisco is a completely different animal than San Diego, and it's a different animal even than, than you know Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. But you know, San Francisco, we have clients up there too that we talk to, and uh, it's very interesting. They pretty much just take an Uber now. Yes, and even still in LA, you could do that. Even yeah, LA, yeah. That's fine. Even if you were in New York, you don't necessarily need a right, car. You right. can just take Uber everywhere. Right, or you have one family vehicle. Not right. that I'm recommending that, but yes, if you don't really use your car all the time, sure. and sure. it might make sense to. to figure out ways to keep your cost low right. and save, right. you know. So what would you want to tell people that are listening right now or watching this show about your dreams, desires about real estate? What would you want to say about that? It's so funny because this is what I want to say. In fact, actually, I always give my girlfriends this advice that work in, so when I was younger, I made pretty decent money right out of college. I worked in like nightlife and I was like a waitress and we made a lot of cash mm -hmm. and I remember I again just spent it on a nice car didn't save had a really nice apartment and just lived this life of sure. lavish mm -hmm. without thinking about the future right. and I to this day I feel like I, I, I could have lived I could have made so much money right out of college lived with mm -hmm. my parents even though it wasn't really like a career job I was mm -hmm. doing okay um, could have just bought a house when I was that young as opposed to waiting till I was in my 30s mm -hmm. to purchase a house. Um, but again, wasted opportunity that if I could give young women who are making decent money what what I never thought that I could do, mm -hmm. which is I never thought I could buy property. Sure. And I think it sounds very daunting, it can be intimidating. Um, and 
you just don't know if you're capable of doing it until you really decide to stop procrastinating mm -hmm. and just decide I'm gonna I'm gonna make this happen sure. and if I could do it you guys could do it let me tell you something and if you're afraid of that uh -huh. Buy a duplex. That's what I did. If you're afraid, okay, I don't know if I'm going to for sure have the income to support a 30-year fixed, you know, loan that I need to make a payment on every every month, then buy a duplex where right. you can shore up that risk. Exactly. And that was what worked for me. And now it's just kind of an ever-evolving system for right. me where every year, every other year, I buy a property and I forget about it and it's great passive income. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's a wonderful opportunity because when you do multi-units, you get double the rent. Right. And you're going to get more than just a single-family residence. So uh, people that I've coached along the way, you know, it's, it's two, three, four. Can't go to five because then it becomes commercial. Yeah. So I own commercial real estate, so I understand these things. But it's a completely different way of financing, yeah. right? It's a completely different way of financing. Got to put a lot more money into those commercial properties than you can with a two-unit, a three-unit, or a four-unit. But boy, can you get, you know, double, triple, quadruple the rents, and it's a beautiful place to be. Yeah. Commercial real estate is, like, my goal. That would be my dream. That's yeah. my dream, commercial real estate. But one, one day. One day at a time. But yeah. you're doing more things than most people probably your age at this point. So I know you asked me this one question. When was the first, when, when, how old was I when I bought my first piece of real estate? I answered the question. I can tell everybody right now. You know, I was at 23 years of age. And you, you kind of asked me that question because... Your husband bought his first Oh, yeah, he was 21. Okay. Yeah, he was 21. He bought a triplex. He okay. lived in the basement, rented out the first two, did exactly kind of what I did. He's the reason, you know, right. he taught me sort of this little success, sure. yeah, sure. success story. And you can do it at a young age. It's not sure. that scary. We just have to have money in the bank. We right. have to have finances to support the loan. We've got to be able to make sure we can make all those things happen. Yeah. But again, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're sharing your story. I think it's been, you know, fascinating because I think other people, you know, they want to know what's the next step thing for them to do but also do it with a managing situation so it's paying for you too so that you don't have to come out of out of pocket for things right. which is which is really the American dream when it comes to real estate ownership so um, anything you want to share about your future show that you're doing here uh, all those different things just to kind of close yeah. up today you guys can follow me on Twitter I'm on Instagram there's um, gonna be a show we're launching coming out soon so uh, go check out my Twitter or my Instagram at Erin Coscarelli, and uh, we'll be releasing some information about some stuff that's coming up. Good, good. Yeah. Well, we want to say thank you so much for you. being here on the show. Hope you'll come back again one day. And uh, again, one thing I wanted to give perspective to, which I think is so important, because if we want to buy real estate, we need to get focused about it, right? We don't want to have all of our eggs in one basket. We want to have multiple baskets. But at the same time, we need to be financially sound. We need to make sure that we have great cash flow. We've got to have great income to do the things that we want to do so we can qualify. But ultimately, if that real estate starts to actually pay for itself and pay for what you have as overhead, then just think about what that mortgage payment would have been that you would have been paying for yourself or those car payments that Aaron talked about. But one thing I want you to kind of rewind back in time. I encourage every single person to go to social security and go to ssa.gov. The reason I say this is because when you were young and when you just got started, wouldn't it be amazing when you're in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s if you had any money from when you first got started with that income? I had a big epiphany of that many, many years ago when I looked at my social security statement. I go, Where's all the money? 
Well, if we have good financial education, we might be able to save some of that money throughout our lifetime and be able to you know, expand, be entrepreneurs, be able to invest in real estate or business or whatever our goals, dreams, and desires might have. You know, Maybe it's that apartment building. I don't know. Maybe it's just business that you want to be in. But think about those things because you got to kind of look at the history of your income, see where it goes, but ask yourself that question. Where's all that money? Did it just go to lifestyle or did it go to those best investments that you wanted it to go to? Or did you want it to go to a balance, a balance situation? So I encourage you to go to ssa.gov. Again, thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for next week. There'll be another show here with another great interview. And again, um, let us know and give us any feedback about ways to love your money and what you'd like to hear on the show. information provided in this show is for informational and educational purposes only. This show is not investment advice, nor is it intended to address the financial needs of any particular viewer. The opinions expressed on this show are not intended to be an endorsement of any particular investment strategy or service of any other kind. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned throughout the show. Before acting on information in this show, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular situation and strongly consider seeking advice from a financial advisor.